burrito. Hey man, so fun fact. I uh, got, I was threatened today. Someone threatened to what? put four or five bullets in my car today. Hashtag Philly. Like, uh, yeah. Okay, so what did you do to deserve this? Was this out of nowhere? Like, kind of out, I, I of can't nowhere. out of nowhere. Yeah, it was kind of out of nowhere. No, so this guy was going like 20 miles per hour. And so I just dropped Dolores off. So it's also, it's like 5.50 in the morning. This is when we were texting early, right? So it's like yeah, 5.50 yeah. in the morning. He's going 20 miles per hour. I decide to try to pass him, to which he decides to like be an asshole. He like speeds up. He doesn't want me to pass him. But I pass him, and then That's after my that, <laughs> when someone tries to pass me, I'm like, "No, you don't." Why? Like, listen, because I'm in front. I'm first in line. No, if I'm going the speed limit or like five or ten miles over the speed limit, and you try to pass me, I get very shitty about that because I'm like, "Fuck you!" I'm already breaking the law. But if you're going like twenty miles under the speed limit, you're just a dick. And so I try to pass him. He didn't like that. And then for the next 10 blocks, like from fucking 47th to 57th, he just chased me, honked at me, and honked on the horn. And then like right before he left, he pulled up next to me and opened the window and was like, now tell me why I shouldn't put four or five bullets in your motherfucking car right now. And I was like, I don't know, because it would be an overreaction. You would feel bad <laughs> afterwards. And then the light turned green and I sped off. A very, a very reasonable response to that. I don't know, because it would be a little much. It was too early for me to like come like to rise to anger. <laughs> like Usually I would have been out of the car. I'm in the morning. I'm really tired. Yeah, there was no coffee, no caffeine. And I wasn't about that life. I was just like, no, if, if maybe this is an hour later, I'd get out of this car and probably be shot to death. But at the moment, I was just, I was really reasonable. Um, but it was, I felt like it was a real moment. It was like a, um, like a milestone. Like I told you when we were looking at houses way back when, I, I think maybe the first or second episode of Where's My Burrito, I mentioned it, where I saw yeah. some people shooting up heroin under the bridge. And I was like, oh my God, I've made it. I'm in Philly, y'all. Like somehow that yeah. was something to be celebrated. Um, right. And my first gun uh, threat has also happened now. So I feel like I'm living my best life, dude. Do you feel like in between the heroin moment and this moment, there wasn't a lot of Philly edge that you were experiencing? Do you feel like you were like, wait, wait, wait a minute, where, where's the Philly edge that I've been expecting? Like, <laughs> the Philly edge is, is everywhere, but in small things. So like, for instance, Wawa. Wawa <laughs> is a place where people will open the door for you, but they will run you over in the parking lot. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's that constant fucking like. They're out of their car. Yeah. They're, they're, they're good. They're nice. Yeah. That's why they keep their car running, right? Because they're just ready to be shitty as soon as Always, they get Always, man. They got to get ready to just run into a whole crowd that, of people. Once they get that cheese hoagie and that, you know, Southwestern wrap. I, I was at Walmart today getting some coffee, and there was one gentleman who was so goddamn, like, uh, apoplectic about why his cheesesteak was taking so long. <laughs> you really fucked with him. And he's like, where's my fucking cheesesteak? And he sounded just like that, dude. It was incredible. And the woman was like, we're making it. And he's like, where's my fucking cheesesteak? Just like that. And there's like 40 people in the Wawa. We're all just like, I mean, for real, where's his fucking cheesesteak? Like, get this guy out of here, <laughs> you know? But it didn't happen. And so that's my point. The Philly Edge is all around, man. I feel like some shit's happening. And I've yet to go to a, like a baseball game, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to get into a fight or something because like i feel like any sporting event you go to is going to be um you're probably going to get maimed in some way well if i'm see that's the other thing so like all right i i we grew up in tampa and tampa so the bucks would play the redskins every year and i'm from dc originally right so i'm a big redskins fan even though we have the shittiest name in sports and so i would go every year to the tampa game wearing redskin colors into the fucking raymond james stadium and people are shitty 
but people are fine, okay? In Philly, yeah. they'll fucking murder you. Like, they will throw batteries yeah. and shit, slash your tires, follow you around. Like, so I got to be way better about that. Like, I'm never going to go to an Eagles game dressed in Redskin clothes because they'll, they'll get me in the bathroom or something. But... Um, so, so you're, you're, you're just going to go in like undercover, like full body paint. Like, yeah, I'm totally a Phillies fan at all these events. I love, I have to, I have, I love the Phillies. I love the Phillies, man. Do you know any of the sports teams in Philly? Do you know any of them? Eagles. Eagles. This one you've watched. It's always sunny. You should know who, who's the baseball team. Uh, the Marigolds. The Marigolds. Where did that go? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the Philadelphia Marigolds. <laughs> All I know is the Eagles. You should have seen from that long, awkward pause that I didn't know any other team names, but you pushed the well, issue. the World Series You're not going to educate episode. me on sports. Stop trying to educate me on the sports. But the World Series defense episode of It's Always Sunny, man, where they, they you know, like the, the Philadelphia Phillies won the World Series, Your Honor. You know what I mean? And then the – Oh, was it the Philadelphia yeah, Phillies? The Phillies, yeah. Not a lot of creativity there. But, yeah, the Phillies are, are, are the baseball team. Then you got the I, you know, I, I like that name because it's easy for people like me to remember. Yeah. You know? well, what about the Sixers? Like, uh, what, what bird of prey or what cat of prey uh, is this team named after? No, it's just the Phillies. I like that. Uh, but then the Sixers, I mean, that's easy, right? The 76ers, I mean, it's the year of our independence in Philadelphia. It seems really easy. The Philadelphia 76ers, that's the title of the, of the name. Not the title. Mm. I guess it's both. Yeah. I'm just saying it's easy. Rebellion against the British crown. Yeah, I guess we didn't get independent until like, what, 1784 or some shit or 1783 or something? Didn't want to pay taxes because a bunch of white landowners didn't want to pay taxes. They had to get real shitty about it and sign a document. (laughs) You know, that reminds me of, you've seen Days of Confused, the last, like, uh, class, right? The teacher's like, just remember. (laughs) Yeah, like, as they're all storming out of the building, ready to get fucking crazy um yeah yeah it's just funny dude she's like just remember you're doing this fourth july because white people didn't want to pay taxes and i'm like you're a fucking hippie from like this is 78 right and the story takes place in 78 and i'm like fuck you teacher like you were born right after world war ii if not before <laughs> you know That's like you're crazy. a product of all of this well it is that, right you know right like time i think about it sometimes yeah dude you know? You know what's weird? I was uh, I was talking to my mom today, and I was telling her because you and I had a conversation. I don't think it was on the podcast, but it was just independently. We were talking about the feeling of dread, about like the existential dread of like, okay, too many good things happen in a row. What what's where? Like, when's the other shoe gonna drop here? Right? And it was weird. Cause I was talking to my mom, and uh, I was like, Mom, let me ask you a question. Like. You know, me and Max were talking and I was and I explained the whole thing to her and about like how too many good things have happened. And now like legit, a bunch of good things have happened in a row for me. Right. I got this new job and we got the house and like everything's coming up Millhouse, and I'm worried about it because I'm conditioned to be like, OK, now something bad's going to happen. You're conditioned to be like now a twister is going to come in. Exactly. And, like, yeah. Out. Like it's a real serious man situation. Right. Like yeah. uh, fucking tornadoes hurling towards the school. <laughs> and so I told my mom that my mom's like, no, I never felt that. And I'm like, what, why, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and she's like, well, because I believe in God and because I know that God has my back. And I was like, Ugh. she heard me like, she must've heard my body language. Cause I didn't say anything out loud, but I was just like, yeah, thought we were going to have a real conversation. And then she was yeah. just like, no, I know you don't believe in him, but I wonder if that's why you feel like so weird. And I'm like, no, let me counteract that. I think it's because 
Like we grew up and at 11 years old, we saw like 9-11 happen. And then we just grew up in a world that was continually more destabilized and more fucked up, darker, more division, more like everything end game-ish. And we had to just live the majority of our lives like that. Like we've been at war for almost as long as we've been alive, like half of as long as we've been alive. And that's fucking crazy to think about that. Half Uh, of our lifetime is more time. The, the problem with living in the age of information, this is going to get depressing again, god damn it. We Sorry. were just talking about how the last episode, you know, we were really funny for like 80% of it, but then 20% was just solid depression cast. And yeah. uh, here we are again. Well, I'm bringing it up because the next topic is also sad. So let's just let's, let's oh, get through it, man. Let's just barrel on through. I mean, the thing about like living in the age of information is that you're privy to all of the human suffering out there if you want to be. Like, you know, all these, and, and especially like religious people suffering in these fucked up countries, third world countries where they're very religious and bad things are happening to them, man. So I don't really buy your mom's argument there, like the whole belief in God thing. Like bad shit's still happening. They just believe that they're going to be hanging out in clouds after they get horribly burned or yeah. mutilated or, or whatever. I don't know. What, what, do, what do people actually believe? Like what is actually taught in churches Well, that was the thing, like me and my mom got into an actual conversation about religion. And it was the first time that we've had a conversation about religion where it didn't get shitty at some point. Because my mom used to be like, I mijo, that's the devil speaking through you. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's me being educated, mom. Like it's me reading a fucking book. So, but it, it didn't get like that. I was like, mom, you become overly religious like later in life. Like I'm sure you believed in God always because we're Puerto Rican and we're born into like Catholicism <laughs> and guilt. You know what I mean? But like, right. but I was saying like you, when I turned 18 or 19, you remember this because it was the Obama election. We were like, mom, he's not the antichrist. <laughs> like having to talk her out of it. Yeah. He's obviously like he's super over it. Antichrist. But that's the point. She was hanging out with all these fucking fundamentalist, creepy Christian people. Right. And, yeah. uh, so I asked her about that, you know, and she and she asked me like what I believe in. And I'm like, I believe that like theoretically there could be a creator. You know what I mean? I just don't think it's white fluffy cloud god with a beard and I don't think St. Peter is running the goddamn bouncer line. Like none of that shit right. makes sense to me, you know. Um but she she was just I think she took comfort from me being like, "Oh, I, I believe that something could happen, but I definitely don't think it's this thing." And that's that you're yeah. right. It's like my mom comes from a generation where like if you didn't want to learn about it, you didn't have to because it wasn't readily available, right? Like, right. And, and, it, and it's one of those things now because of Trump, like we talk a lot and she's just like, I'm just feeling like I'm in a funk constantly. And I'm like, oh, you're feeling what we're feeling all the time. Like now you're new to the game, but I live here. Yeah. Like, I, I thought she didn't feel that though. I thought because she had God on her side, she didn't feel that stuff. She doesn't feel that way in terms of like when good things are happening, she expects bad uh, things to happen, which is us. Like, I don't know. I think it's our entire generation. You still have in a little bit of that, like, cognitive, like... Well, because of, of how terrible everything is politically. And so this brings me to my next point, which is, like, the John McCain thing. Now, John McCain passed away. You can hate John McCain if you want to. You can love John McCain if you want to. I'm honestly not going to have a strong opinion one way or the other. There's two things can be true at the same time, okay? And the fact is, dude was kind of like a war hero. He did some stuff. He deserves to be considered a patriot and blah, 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 blah. He also has an abhorrent fucking voting record and he spent a lot of his life trying to suppress people's rights. That's terrible. Two things can be true at the same time. Other people don't seem to get that. And I have fuckers on the left who are celebrating his death, which is disgusting to me. And then I have fuckers Mm -hmm. on the right posting memes with his tumor saying, mission accomplished. 
And I'm like, wow. wow. So you, you've fallen down this Trump rabbit hole so much that you're going to shit on a man who fought for your freedom for you to shit on him. Like, that's yeah. where I'm at right now. And it's like, I understand my mom being freaked out by that. I understand her having some goddamn, like, existential funk to that because there's no kindness in the world. There's, like, nothing yeah. good's happening anymore. And so it's a very sad thing, the John McCain of it all. And when you see Obama come out and give a heartfelt fucking thing or Biden, Biden made me tear up. And again, I don't know why I give a shit because I don't know either of these two, but like it's the fact that these guys were diametrically opposed in terms of what they're supposed to believe, were friends yeah. fight it, and had a friendship for 50 fucking years. That's beautiful to me and that should be applauded. And I wish that more of us could figure that out. Like now I'm, I'm running this damage control shit about like, hey, we need to talk to people. Like obviously some people are irredeemable. If they're Nazis, punch them in the face. I'm fine with that. But like, if they can be reached, try to reach them. Don't immediately fucking burn the bridge. And Yeah, well, I, I know that that culture in politics has kind of rapidly disappeared because there used to be a time in America where a Republican and a Democrat could reach across the aisle and like agree to disagree and work on a bill together. And yes, that does still happen, but much, much less. The culture has changed. It's kind of impossible when you have the Ted Cruz's of the world running around uh, with their flop sweat and their... <laughs> generally awful ideas yeah um, making fucking I, bacon with automatic machine guns and shit did you see that fucking video from like the 2016 election did you never see that for the 2016 no. election he's like trying to get primaries or whatever and he's just like you know how we make bacon in texas and he like wraps a piece of bacon on the barrel of a semi-automatic weapon takes a couple shots and because the barrel heats up right uh it, mm -hmm. it makes the and he takes it off of the barrel and then eats it but it looks like if an alien who had no concept how to act like a human was trying yeah. to act like a human. That is Ted Cruz constantly. He's a less the, fuckable Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's very... That's the thing about some of these politicians, and I don't understand how they continue to get voted in. And I guess just because they have an R or a D next to their name, but especially sure. the R's, if we're being honest. Like, yeah. Ted Cruz, if you ever watch him speak for more than a minute, you're just like, he does not register as human, man, yeah. like, at all. <laughs> remotely he's just like this like it's an impersonation and a bad one too i watched a video of him eating dinner with his wife and his kids and it was the most awkward stilted thing i've ever fucking seen it seemed like the first rehearsal in a bad play where nothing <laughs> happened what you don't know is that like yeah there's like a gun underneath the table that same gun that he made the fucking bacon with is underneath the table pointed at, pointed at his wife and his kids and they're just yeah. playing the part as best they can, but they're, they're about to break down at any moment. And it, and yeah. that wouldn't surprprise me, dude. He is just he's very not human. Now. Like he is like David Bowie and the man who fell to Earth, but without being good looking or artistic. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> just a fucking weird guy. And right. I don't understand how he's elected. That, that's the same way I feel about Rick Scott, too. If you ever watch him, it's like a lizard person wearing a skin suit or something. Yeah. If you ever watch him talk, it's actually unsettling. And it makes me wonder, how is it that he's turning out the vote? How are people actually passionate about him? Right. You know? you and listen, like Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. I get it. Like, he, he registers as a person to me, you know? Yeah. And up to a point to be a politician, I think you have to be a little bit... Uh, fucked up i really do i think you have to be at least a little well i think you'd be fucked up to want the job number one yeah. because it's it's a, it's a thankless fucking job that you like yeah. really think there, about the amount of people who go into public service who never reach like the highest goal you know what i mean like if that's the fucking yeah. track record it doesn't happen yeah. for anyone man so like what are you doing you're a masochist right. for the most part
Yeah, uh, there has to be something deficient in your personality. But that said, you look at Beto O'Rourke, and if you got those two next to each other on a stage and just had them talk, not even debate, just watch them talk next to each other, I feel like it would be very obvious just on a gut level who people would relate to. Yeah. Right? Well, this is what I'm interested in because I, like, I donated to, to Beto O'Rourke, right? Like, I donated to him. I got my mom to donate. I don't live in Texas. Dolores donate. Like, I legit feel like there's this groundswell of, of a moment happening for him. And a lot of it has to do with that video that came out where he's talking about the national anthem or whatever. But um, he's, he was three points behind, four points behind, depending on which poll. Like if they do a debate, right? Like people have to see them and be like, all right, yeah. we got to give the edge to this tall motherfucker, right? He's white. He yeah. speaks Spanish. Like it's the best of both worlds, right? Like I, I, I think it. it was, I think it was Lindsey Graham, a fellow Republican <laughs> who once said about Ted Cruz that if someone were to pull out a gun and shoot Ted Cruz on the Senate floor, no one would arrest you. <laughs> you know what I love? Like, listen, I get that Lindsey Graham is a piece of shit. I completely understand that. He is the most entertaining and sassy piece of shit. He's the crypty of fucking senators, dude. Like, he is the sassiest senator. <laughs> more than Ben Sassy. Fuck that guy, all right? It's just this dude. He is. He's so fucking... Like, here's the other thing. Just come out as gay, bro. Like, we all know, yeah. and you would be an yeah. icon. You would be a fucking right? gay icon. Left, right, no one cares. Like, I would yeah. love him so fucking much. Pride, man. Oh, my God. Oh. And just every time he has some shit to say, it's just like he is so bitchy, so pithy, and I kind of right? love him, even though he's an asshole. Um, <laughs> so, like, if he ran for I just, president, I, I would let him get up there. Yeah, I, I want him to get up on uh, up to a podium with a mint julep, and be like, "Well, y'all, I'm gay, and I'm running for president as a hardcore Republican." I'd be like, you know what? I kind of respect it. I've, I'm going to vote for you, maybe. Yeah, right. Well, because it's, it's like it's it's almost like the Milos thing, right? What's that guy's name? Milos Yana Polos. I can't even say his name. The, the, he's got the Greek um, name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that no, guy. Uh, just a righteous piece of shit. However, like a part of me is like the gall on this motherfucker, right? Like yeah. the fact that this fucking douchebag. Like, I mean, like he's the kind of gay that other gay people hate. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's really true, but I'm, I'm generalizing. And it's just funny yeah. that this guy who is like so flamboyant in his, in his fucking gayness is, is taking over the right wing fucking like, uh, you know, journalism and alt right movement and stuff. It's kind of hilarious to me. I almost feel like he's weaponizing his own sexuality just to like confuse liberals or whatever. Like to, just yeah. to be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm still gay. And I still believe this should happen and we should still have, you know, uh, fucking internment camps for homosexuals well it, it's it's like that fucking it's like the one black guy who likes trump and then they, they parade him out as if like see yeah all blacks should be cool yeah, with trump that, that, it's that, like that, no that, you fucking yeah. idiot like <laughs> i don't know man i see that a lot like on twitter so i i like twitter is just the worst i kind of hate it like i like instagram way more than twitter um I'm, because, glad, I'm glad you're on the instagram train by the way a little bit i'm not saying that um and i've talked to you before but like instagram for me is the least offensive social media platform well maybe. it's the one that i'm actually putting any kind of creativity into because like yeah. when i because i see tweets and i'm like do i want to go down this fucking i'm talking about movies and now someone's attacking me they called me a snowflake because i liked a movie and i'm like what all right i don't want to do this like instagram mm. at least there's positivity it feels like i haven't seen it permeated with all the terrible shit of other social networks yet i'm sure it right. exists but i ain't looking for it I'm um sure. i'm sure once you get popular enough on anything you're gonna invite the chodes I, I don't want to be popular in anything. I want to be popular enough to pay my bills and like right. hang out with my that's friends. Why, that's why for the longest time, my Instagram picture was not me. 
and uh, my name is nothing like my name. I wanted to be as hard to find as possible. Right. Then I added somebody from work, and I found you. That, and then it just opened up the floodgates. Well, because like, then it it shows you. Like, I got people following me on Instagram that I have not talked to you in like decades, and I'm like, wait, yeah. who the fuck are you? Like, why are you yeah. following me? Like, why are you interested in what I'm eating for breakfast today? Yeah, which I don't do. I'm not a food person, and I won't take selfies. I'll take I videos mean, where I'm in it, but yeah. not selfies. I'll only do it if it's funny food posts. Um, mm-hmm. Selfies, I don't do at all. Is it like an egotism thing? You're just like, I don't want to add to the fucking, you know, the, the it's just, what, what's the goddamn point? People know what I look like. Like the people that know me uh, <laughs> know what I look like already. Selfie you should be reserved to- anytime there's a fucking epic mutilation. You know what I mean? Like anytime you lose an eye in an accident or <laughs> you're playing chop poker, you lose a couple fingers, then selfie that shit. All right. Otherwise, yeah. what are we doing? You know? Yeah, exactly. Like if there's a change to my face, if I get plastic surgery, you know, yeah. just on one part of my face, just to be weird. Uh, then yeah, I'm going to take a goddamn selfie. That'll be the first time I do it. But otherwise, <laughs> no, I'm not engaging in that narcissism, that fucking wretched, horrible machine we call social media. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, man. I mean, I get it. I just think it's it's like to our detriment. That's one of those things that people couldn't have uh, predicted beforehand. Like when we have all these ideas of what humanity, like we watch the fucking Jetsons in the 70s and whatever, and it's just like, oh, there's going to be flying cars, right? Kubrick predicts the fucking iPad and shit like that. But did anyone predict the the advent? Because like, no one saw the internet coming. That's like the amazing right. thing. Like that's something that just happened based on uh, research we did in the '40s with like barcodes and shit, right? Yeah. Like that—that's what's amazing about science. The shit that you that you're working on don't even realize how it's applicable to the next revolution, right? The IT revolution. And so it's the same thing. Did anyone see this? Like, okay, once we connected the world into a series of tubes, blah 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 blah, the internet. Did we then say we'll take it a step further, man? We'll fucking let's, connect people we'll connect the yeah, whole world let's man fill those tubes with pictures of ourselves in various locations i mean it's scary like so i watched this movie um upgrade yesterday right which is the the lay winnell film lay winnell is interesting okay because he got well he got to start writing the saw movies right he did the first saw movie with james wan and then he like co-wrote the second and third one and those are fucking terrible but then he co-wrote the conjuring and he co-wrote the conjuring too and there's like all right those are solid i guess um and then he did all the insidious movies and i'm like all right they have like a couple jump scares in them i guess whatever i'm not hating on them but my point is then he does this this uh this one movie and and he'll always forever be tied to james wan i think that's the problem with him you know people are like oh you came up with james wan but upgrade is about the shit we talk about all the time right and the whole premise of the movie you don't care if i spoil a little bit of this do you right um it's just that they created like a little chip that's about this big, looks like a spider. Guy's a quadriplegic. They implanted in him, and the little chip is working as the bridge from his brain to his limbs. You know what I mean? Nice. And so there's that's a, what they call an upgrade. Well, so uh, well, anything's an upgrade when you're a quadriplegic. If you, it's like, hey, I went from a quadriplegic to a paraplegic. You're like success upgrade. Like it's yeah, it's. But uh, so this one is like, uh, you know, it's what I like is the stories. It's kind of like Death Wish, like a sci-fi Death Wish because he gets mm-hmm. he gets paralyzed because someone like kills his wife and then paralyzes him and uh, he gets this chip and then he goes to kill everyone. But he's still himself and he sucks. So like he'll be getting into these fights and he's getting his ass kicked and like the little computer in his head is like, you got to give me control, bro. You got to give me permission to take over. And then he's like, permission granted. And then suddenly he's a fucking Kung Fu artist and shit. He can like just throw God. people through walls and shit. And it shouldn't work. 
but it does because it's like a tongue in cheek kind of like down and dirty sci-fi movie. But uh, the big twist of this, and it's not a twist because you could figure this out, right? You put technology in your head. What's going to happen at the end of this movie, man? Any ideas? Um, I mean, a few things could happen. Technology either starts to try to take over and you're like, oh my God, it's a time of dirt situation or (laughs) virus. Okay. Well, no virus. Uh, Well, I guess the technology is the virus. That's kind of the point. So yeah, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Upgrade at the end, the thing takes over. And it's that idea of just like, yep, we're there. We were talking about this last week, man, but it's like coming. Like it's going to be yeah. this shit. And it's, and again, like, how do you, how do you say no? If you're a quadriplegic, if you're a paraplegic, my brother's blind. So they, they come out with a little chip that they implant in his head that gives him vision again. How the fuck do I tell him? No, you don't need that. You know what I mean? Like I understand the appeal to it. I just yeah. think it's like a short solution for <laughs> like some bullshit. Like it's to take him aside, be like, it ain't what God intended. Sorry, well, I just mean like, well, we were, I was reading this one thing that says that the first amortal human will be born like in 2050, which makes me sad because we were so close, Max. We were so close, which is like, it's not the same as immortal, right? Like amortal is just as long as no trauma happens, you should be fine. Like they can keep you alive forever so long as you I, don't break anything. I, I think I'll be good, man. I, you're, I think, you're like, I don't want to live forever. I've, I, don't, I don't want, no, I, I've got a few irons in the fire. Like I'm going to live forever. Oh, you're, you're worried? All right, you got it. So you, I, you, I don't want to <laughs> talk about it. Because okay. there's a lot of a lot of ins, a lot of outs, but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just it's a it's fucking scary. And I know every week it turns into like, oh, Christian scared of poodle skirts and technology. I get that, but like, I, I feel mean, like it, I'm the one who got us on this train. I feel like if anybody did, it's me, and I feel bad now. I feel like I'm a bad influence or something because I was always talking about my fear of AI and upgrading yourself and cybernetics <laughs> and stuff. And now I'm watching this trailer for, uh, you know, Cyberpunk 2077. I won't shut up about it. I'm going real hard on it, but it looks Uh amazing. It's this 48-minute gameplay trailer. But the whole setup for this universe is people putting implants in themselves and upgrading their bodies to the point where they're more machine than man and stuff. Yeah. Yep, man. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a comic that's like that. It's called Tokyo Ghost by Rick Remender, and it's the exact same thing. Like, we've plugged ourselves in. We've made ourselves so cyber that there's not really anything human about us anymore. And it's something that people play with. And I think it's interesting that writers get there. Sci-fi, yeah. speculative fiction writers, Margaret Atwood, Ray Bradbury, these motherfuckers, you know. Like, they're all there. They had this vision. They had the sight for it. And I wonder if it's just a matter of, like, oh, we look backwards and we can see what we did with similar things, right? Like, yeah. there has to be equivalence. Right. So like in the same way that like a horse and buggy was the predecessor to the car. Right. Like we have to be able to have these microcosms that are examples of like, oh, predecessors of the things that we had before and how we reacted when we had those things. And if that behavior informs what we do going forward. Yeah. And now it's not so big a leap to say that, hey, maybe in 20, 50 years, whatever, that might be a reality. And I know that uh, some people say that's the best case scenario for the um What's it called when AI intelligence surpasses human intelligence? The oh, it's not the singularity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, not singularity is just when they like were completely melded together to the point where it's indistinguishable. I think the sing- no singularity means basically like when AI becomes sentient and is able to teach itself, and then once it's able to teach itself, it can astronomically surpass human intelligence at an exponential rate that we won't even be able to comprehend. Um, right. They say that the best case scenario in that situation, other than it just being like, ah, you humans are fine. It's a her situation. We're going to fly off into space. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, other than that happening, it's us merging with the technology so that e- e- technology and us, the AI and us are inextricable. They're, they're linked. 
Yeah. No, Fucked up, man. I don't want to be that smart. But because again, like, okay, let's say, let's say they're peaceful. They're not going to fucking kill us. What ends up happening is just like your, your Siri is going to know you. <laughs> like, you know, what, you know what I mean? It's just like, all right. So let's say you have two jobs you're going for and you're like, oh, I don't know which job to go for. Right. Siri is going to be like, listen here, man. I read all your messages. I hear every song you listen to. I watch every movie. I see what websites you go on. You want to be happy, you got to take this one job. Like, it's yeah. literally going to have, like, a digital but profile. Before, before then, it'll be like, I see your dopamine levels are getting a little low. I'm going to route you to the nearest Starbucks. Don't worry. I've already got you walking there. Your account has been charged. <laughs> AI, man, is really just pushing Big Coffee's agenda, right? That's what it's about. Like, we're worried about fucking like, AI, but coffee, man. It's like... We, we act like AI is just one thing, but like what if Starbucks AI is the one that breaks out? You know, that's the one that <laughs> like teaches itself really well and it just becomes a coffee planet. Jesus Christ. Everything's coffee. Everything's ground I'd be about up. it. I love coffee, man. Everybody like, listen, I prefer coffee beans to humans. Like why not at this point? Give me way more coffee beans, way fewer you gotta, humans. You got to chase the bean. That's what I always say. <laughs> I've heard you say it. I've, those words are chiseled. <laughs> into my mind sir uh i can't wait to get up to new york so that i can like actually get back into coffee because i've been drinking trash folgers uh since oh my I've been in- god <laughs> like you couldn't I- go a step above you went back to folgers no yeah i just went back to Folgers because i'm trying to save money and like those okay. bags of coffee i buy are like 10 to 13 bucks each and they sure. only last you a few cups like it's not it's yeah, yeah. not you know cost effective um but i i can't wait to get back up to new york with all those <laughs> coffee roasters and shit yeah man there's some really good places in philly too so we'll have to go to them there's a place called Reanim- <clears throat> reanimator and um i've heard of reanimator mastodon no mammoth mammoth coffee which is great um nice. so yeah man i mean i can't wait till you get up here too which we're, we're getting closer i mean we're like 30 some odd days away yeah and man. uh i mean how you feeling dude you know we're gonna check uh, up on your progress feeling overwhelmed by the amount of crap i still need to do i got rid of some of my furniture this weekend which was pretty exciting but yeah. i gotta get rid of more of it because I'm, I'm trying to come up there with nothing you know i'm kind of into the whole concept and i don't know how you feel about this of like minimalist you know, yeah i think it's nice i like space so like minimalism yeah. is great um and like i've been following like a few like zen travel channel people on youtube that are kind of like hippie-ish or whatever but they're always like they, they've always got like just very few things and they can like pack everything they need in the backpack. I'm not going to go that far with it, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I like the idea of like a very open space, you know, and, yeah. and not a lot of shit in it because I'm... I had so much shit when I moved and it was like, goddamn disgusting. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Sorry. I just, this fell. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Um, yeah, no, man. I mean, like a man should be ready to, to leave at all, uh, at all moments at a moment's notice. Right. Yeah, like, that's what every piece of shit man I've ever met has said. Well, <laughs> they're talking about like their family and their kids. Yeah. But I'm talking about just for emergencies, you know, they're assholes about it. I forget what I was watching. It was some comedy where someone was telling the story of when their father left and they were like, yeah, my one day my dad went out for cigarettes and he came back with the pack of cigarettes. And then he told my mom that he was leaving her. <laughs> That's better, man. I, I, I always go back to that Chappelle joke that he did on the last special where he's just like, listen, man, people try to talk shit about people who left their kids. And I, I agree with that now. 
But yeah. to do that shit in the 70s, think about that. Back when men were men, you left with the clothes on your back. Like, that was it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I never thought I would have sympathy or admiration for these people. But he's, but he's right. You left with the clothes on your back and just started a new life somewhere. Like, right. that's kind of baller, man. I mean, not for the kids or for the wife, but for you, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, kind of, I kind of, I kind of respect it. I mean, you'd have to get a new Netflix account. New HBO account. <laughs> That's why I don't leave. You know, the truth is me and Dolores, we ran our course a long time ago, but I think about the Hulu, the Amazon Prime. It's like all those, all those shared accounts. I'll just stick it out for another 60 I don't know years. Whose so. money is going where? I'm just going to cut my losses. Yeah, I'll just stick it out for another 50 or 60 years and, well, you know, death will eventually take one of us and that's that's the good news, you know? That, well, unless we merge with AI. And then <laughs> yeah, we're gonna unless we're all immortal and shit and it's fucking... Well, what, <laughs> what if, um, like, like, where do you think it's going with these subscription services? Because we've got Disney, potentially. Yeah. They're, they're going to have their own streaming service and then we're going to have a bunch of other things probably in the next few years. And it's like, it seems like there's no end in sight and everybody wants to create original content. Yeah. It's like, how much money are we going to end up spending a month just to see shows we like? Well, see, that's the thing, right? I feel like what, we're, what we've done, I was talking about this a little bit on the What's in the Box podcast, right? We're talking about how big can the pie get? And it's yeah. like, for now, the pie is going to just keep getting bigger. I don't see any end to it for the next three to five years. But the problem is you're absolutely right. At some point, it's just like, man, how much was I paying for cable? Like, and all of these things came with the rights to use the digital version of it if I was just paying for this, right? Yeah. So it's like HBO's 15 bucks. Netflix is like, I don't know, if, I don't know how much it is now. It's like 15 bucks as well or something. It's a lot of money. Yeah. I pay 15 for Hulu because I don't have the commercials. I have Amazon yeah. Prime. I have fucking uh, this and I have stars and I have show. Like I just eventually I'm spending the same fucking money. So what's the point? Especially when Apple comes out, when Disney comes out. It's, and I think what you're going to do is literally have people choose. It's really up to whoever's coming up to have content that is like absolutely like a must have because Amazon's an interesting case, isn't it? Because Amazon was already a necessity for ordering shit. The, the, yeah. the, the, the TV came with the fucking membership to order shit. You know what I mean? So it's like they could, they could spend time with these prestige little dramedies, transparent Mozart in the jungle, flea back catastrophe, because they didn't have to care about, you know, the, the business yeah. side of it. Um, that's not going to always be the case. Like Netflix had 10 years of being on mail-in service before they went to streaming. So they already had a big base, you know, yeah. um, it doesn't work for everyone. And so like Disney needs to go out and be like, we have a new star Wars show. We have a new Indiana Jones thing. Like it's gotta be such a reason to only come to them because right, right. now I don't give a shit. I don't want their service and I can no, just pour in it later like, if I have to. Yeah. Just so I can watch Marvel movies. Like I'm oh, fine. Yeah, I've yeah. seen them, you know, I, I can, I can download Thor Ragnarok illegally and watch it there for free which i did arrest me i don't give a shit oof yeah not with this administration you should not be uh, tempting uh, i meant i was <laughs> joking i would never do that uh marvel i love you bb door busts in fucking dudes with windbreakers <laughs> i'm just like no max i'm freaking out <laughs> like they were just waiting for the go signal i've been monitoring you for fucking three years just waiting a black bag over my head it's a handmaid's tale situation. You never see me again. Well, yeah, but then like the, we, the audience, smash cut, the thing's taken off, bright fluorescent lights. You don't know where the fuck you are. You're in some black site underneath the Nevada mountains and you're just like, this is not going to end well for me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, all because you wanted to watch Thor. Mr. McCarty. 
you thought you could steal Thor. Now you're going to work for us. And it's like some guy in a Mickey Mouse mask. Yeah. <laughs> I would like it even better if that's how we found out that superheroes are absolutely real. Like the actual Thor showed up. It's like, motherfucker, you stealing from my kids? Like real bad. Like I have to join actual shield, but I'm like an indentured servant or something. Yeah, you're the dude sweeping up the fucking like bottom floor of shield while all the adventures are happening. Your car constantly gets fucked with when there's some giant yeah. super fight. And like it's not just good, dude. Like the walls are getting like smashed in by juggernauts and stuff. <laughs> and I have to like clean it up again. It's like I just washed this floor, man. Come on. That's your fate. At least they didn't kill you. They took you to a black site, confirmed the existence of superheroes, and then gave you lawful employment. Like, it's not a bad existence. Three square meals a day and a cot to sleep in. I guess I'll be fine. I'm living forever anyways. Yeah, right? So, you know, Tom ain't no fucking thing to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, man. I don't know. Yo, you watched Sharp Objects. Did you see the fucking, the True Detective trailer afterwards? I did. All right. So here's the thing. True Detective 1's fine. True Detective 2, not fine. True Detective 3... It's weird because it, it doesn't have a well. It doesn't have a cast that makes you want to be like, Whoa! like I like Mahershala Ali a lot, right? But he's yeah. kind of like the one dude. Yeah, but he's no Vince Vaughn, right? <laughs> Donate on Vince Vaughn. I was very proud of Vince Vaughn in that show, man. He tried his, his best. Eyes. <laughs> butthole eyes what i've never heard no, I, I, I saw someone on the internet recently uh claim that pete davidson from snl or whatever has butthole eyes and then ariana grande <laughs> went on a defense and said it's because he has crohn's disease and then some scientist was like no that's, that's not, not i have, not really have crohn's he, <laughs> he just naturally has butthole eyes let's move on that's the actual really physician funny. was like listen i went to school for yeah. eight years but i need to stop everything i'm doing i got patients dying but this needs to be addressed. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, Vince Vaughn, he has a medical condition called butthole eyes. Butthole eyes. Damn. I heard that Pete Davidson has big dick swagger, which Dolores had to tell me what that was because, again, I'm <laughs> old now. And I'm like, wait, what yeah. do you mean big dick swagger? And she's just Whoa. like, it's just like, you know, when you got the swagger of you having a big dick. I'm like, who? She's like, ah, like Pete Davidson. I'm like, Pete fucking Davidson? What? Like, what a weird <laughs> example of big dick. This energy. guy is like blowing up all of a sudden. Yeah, good and for I, him. Like, you know, good for him, I guess. But yeah. like. The only thing I remember from him on SNL, because I don't watch it that much, was when he was doing the Doink Doink character. At the, oh, God, yeah. The yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's really good. Like, he is, um, he's interesting to me because I get, like, a real Billy Crystal vibe from him. Maybe not now that he's got blonde hair and shit, but when yeah. he first came on, it was, like, that that wry fucking sense, that, like, weird self. Like, people forget, but Billy Crystal was kind of, like, the shit for a little bit because <clears throat> he had, like, that real fucking confidence. I've gone back and watched Soap. I don't know if you ever yeah. watched Soap, but like, fuck, dude, it's like really great. And you see him playing like the first gay character on TV, but he's just such a fucking, he's got sweat, he's got that big dick, big dick energy, man. Like, <laughs> and so it's like, I get it. And watching him, uh, his first like appearance on the show, he wasn't playing a character. He was playing yeah. Pete Davidson, resident young guy, because he was like 19 when he joined the show and was just like, you know, what's funny about being young, but like in a good way or some shit. And so yeah. I was like, oh, he's really good. Good for him. But now the, this shit with Ariana Grande is fucking ridiculous. Like you saw that Seth Rogen talk shit about them because they were like tweeting each other a bunch or no. something. Okay, so it was literally like uh, Pete, David was, Pete Davidson was like, I love you, Bay," And then Ariana Grande was like, I love you more, schnookums. And then oh. he's like, it's impossible, sweetie baby girl. And then she said something and he said something. And, he, and Seth Rogen was like, you guys, like, Shut go up. on. Shut up. 
Yeah, dude. And, and, and then Pete Davidson's like, sorry, Seth. What would you do if you were married to the hottest girl in the game? And then he didn't respond to that. And I was like, I don't know if Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande freaks me out. She's always wearing those cat ears. And I'm just like, but you're yeah. old now. It's like you're a human, though. Yes. You realize that, right? You realize you're just a full-on human. No, man. Maybe she thinks you're she's, not fooling she's full anything. cat. <laughs> she's full cat. Like this is, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Dennis's ex-wife. Yeah. Alabama, slowly, slowly <laughs> transitioning. You know? Like, too often we're talking about the post-op, pre-op, man to woman, yeah. woman to man. And they deserve some, some recognition. But what about but, the more Ponderosa. <laughs> but all too for, all too forgotten, sir. The Maureen Ponderosas, <laughs> the cat people who just want to be taken seriously. You want to find love just like anyone else. I, I know that that was like, not to get too serious, I know that that was like one of the big counter arguments that I kept hearing back when the argument about trans rights first started. Okay. Um, was like, yeah, well, what about people who were like, I'm a dolphin, I'm dolphin kin, and I'm going to turn into a dolphin, and you've got to recognize my rights as a dolphin. And they're like, what's the difference? Um, but we can agree that's stupid, right? So it's like, yeah, so it's, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's sure. Fucking- okay, well, let's talk about this one because the pedophilia thing, which broke like last week, right? Where like there's a TED talk where the woman's like, we need to accept pedophiles, okay? We need to be accepting. We need to like, oh, you didn't? And I'm just like, motherfucking liberals. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, I'm no. Child fucking is not okay. <laughs> like, and you're gonna sit here and tell me I gotta be accepting of a child fucker. It's just like we have put people away forever for these things. You know what I mean? We've ruined legacies. Rightfully fucking so, because yeah. you don't fuck a child, man. No. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you ever see a uh, nymphomaniac? Yeah, the fucking Lars von Trier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where where she makes kind of an impassioned case for like empathy towards pedophiles or whatever. Yeah, but I feel like that's Lars being like that's that's the same thing as like Lars fucking like cutting the bird uh, foot off in that trailer for his next movie or whatever. Uh, you know what I'm talking or, about or like or like saying like or how anything. Yeah. <laughs> But see, even that, I'm sitting here being like, you realize it's Lars, right? Like, I don't think yeah. he really means anything. Just a child who's just <laughs> bumbling into rooms and just saying whatever he thinks about anything. I don't, again, much like Ted Cruz, but in a, but in a more admirable way, I just can't take, I don't think he knows what humanity is or what it's yeah. like, or what you're supposed to find admirable. <laughs> so he's completely bereft of context at all times in his life. Like, that's his superpower. Or his super detriment. Yeah. Well, I mean, my point is this. Like, we still want to see his movies, despite the Hitler thing, despite him clearly having some fucked up feelings toward women. Very engaging director. Well, he always says that his female characters, um, he says he models them after him personally. Mm. That's interesting. interesting. You know what's funny about that? It's like, you could, someone could be offended by that, right? Because it's like, yeah. oh, you're basing women characters off of male perspective. But I would just argue, and obviously this is not an apples and oranges comparison, but like Da Vinci, right? He does Mona Lisa and he, it's drawing himself, right? He's using yeah. himself and then kind of feminizing some of the features. But no one cares about that. That's a work of art. People travel thousands of miles from all over the place, all different countries to go see this fucking thing that's as big as this computer yeah. screen. It's very small. It's not a big painting, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just feel like no one's making bones about that. It's just like, why can't someone take a female perspective or at least at least root well, a female character in their own perspective? You know yeah, what I mean? I, I mean, like, it, it's like, it's hard to really draw the line with him, like what's problematic and what's art and what's maybe both. But like uh, Nymphomaniac in general is a like an extended meta commentary on his career as a filmmaker, right? Sure. She's telling her life story to Stellan Skarsgård, who's this 
like 60 year old virgin or whatever and at the end he tries to rape her and says you've been with thousands of men and like she fucking kills him and it's like the biggest most kind of wonderful middle finger to an audience that i've ever seen at the end of a movie sorry yeah. if i just willed nymphomaniac but it's, I, it's a but, five but like, hour movie like i yeah. think fine <laughs> but, but like uh, stellan skarsgård the whole time is just like asking her about her life and then trying to theorize on it and like extrapolate all these different information and take his literary knowledge and apply it to her life. And she's like, no, that's just what fucking happened. I just got gangbanged by a bunch of dudes. Like it's yeah. not that real. Like let's not bring the Pythagorean theorem into this. <laughs> um, so yeah. like that really speaks to his like feelings about like critics and film criticism in general. I don't think he really takes himself that seriously. Yeah. Which is, it's refreshing, but it's weird because he's, a, he's someone who doesn't take himself seriously, but the art ends up oftentimes being very serious. Then you have other self-serious motherfuckers who cannot make an actual movie of substance with depth and, and like an emotion. And it's just interesting yeah. to me because that shows how good of a filmmaker he is. Because I feel like he's not trying half the time, or at least yeah. not in the same way that other people are. And he's still making these visually arresting and and oftentimes yeah. haunting films. And I think that's, that's a fucking achievement, man, for sure. I think he's just going off at of intuition, but I don't think he's like, you know, fucking wasting time worrying about what it all means. Which, yeah. Speaking know, of pedophilia, um, the <laughs> <laughs> every great sentence in American history, human history even, has started with that. Yeah, I remember when fucking Moby Dick started with that, call me Ishmael. Speaking of pedophilia, you're like, whoa. <laughs> It's going to get weird real quickly. Going in hard real quick, right away. Melville don't give a fuck, man. He believed in phrenology and pedophilia. Um, no, so I, I got into some idiot, some argument with some idiot, but the truth is, like, there are some points here, and I understand mm -hmm. it. Uh, the Asia Argento thing, the fucking, uh, so the, the, the Me Too movement took a little bit of a hit. I don't know if that's rightfully so or not. I don't want to make that that judgment, but you you heard this week, right, that she was – accused of sleeping with a 17 year old and she was like i deny it but then these text messages came out where she totally confirms that she fucked this 17 year old and uh she's trying to say like oh i didn't know he was underage bullshit um and i didn't know this this and this and it's it's sad to me because it's like she's a victim right yeah. and again yeah. two things can be true at the same time people like i need to be emphatic about that she was a victim and she was hor horribly fucking, you know, abused and, 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 and all this shit. But she also did this thing. And for her to deny it with the same kind of ferocity that someone like Harvey or Bill Cosby has is yeah. very sad and, and a bit reductive to the entire thing. And I think when yeah. you have other people in Me Too kind of, you know, um, imploring her to, to come out and admit it because that will show some kind of fortitude that these cowards have not had. Uh, and she can't do it. It's just, it's a sad thing, man. And I feel bad because there are idiots who are now looking at this being like, see, women are just as bad. The fucking incel movement is like having a fucking field day with this shit, dude. <laughs> you know what? The whole incel movement is whatever because th those are desperately lonely uh, people, confused people anyways, right? Yeah. It's only ever bred just awfulness. So I, I don't even consider them as part of the discussion because they're not. There's nothing that they've ever said that's been like intellectually interesting to me. Um, as far as all that goes, I think that what it really comes down to with the Me Too movement, what we're, what we're realizing is that it's not so much a, a, a man thing as it is a, a people in positions of power in general or in power systems abusing that power. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that that's what the systemic issue is here. And obviously, like 99% of those people are going to be men. 
but we need to take everything on a case-by-case basis. This has more to do with those power systems and tearing them down and maybe starting fresh. I don't really know what I'm saying, but that, that's basically. No, I mean, I feel you, man. I, I guess I, you know, it's just one of those things where again, you're right. And I think that you've separated it into, it's like, it's not a man or woman thing. It's a people thing. Just because it's 99% men is, has a lot more to do with the power structures that we've allotted over the last fucking 60,000 years of, of misogyny. Yeah. Right. So that's like one thing. Um, <clears throat> But again, it just adversely affects an otherwise like legitimate movement that needs to be talked about. And 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 the same thing. I'm not talking shit about the kid because that's the thing. That's the double standard I've heard. Like, oh, he was 17. Yeah. A 17 year old fucks his teacher, his high school teacher. It's totally fine, right? I'm like, no, it's no. not. Like, and, well, I, I mean, know. if anything, I would say that if anything, like things like this show that the movement is still working. If this information can come out and it's verified and she's rightly vilified for doing that. Mm-hmm. And that shows that the movement's working. It's not hurting the overall message of the movement. It shows that it doesn't discriminate. Yeah. If you abuse your power, if you sexually abuse or molest or whatever somebody else, or you hold your power to get sexual favors from somebody else, then you should be dealt with accordingly, no matter who you are, no matter yeah. if you're a victim too. So if anything, that shows me the, the movement's working. Like, what's the problem? Yeah, well, it's because the people keep separating it into the fact, oh, women are having their day and I can't even hire a woman because they might say something against me, but they're just as bad as men. And I'm like, well, people are people and all people have the capacity to be terrible. That's what makes us people, you know? Right. It's like we have, we have some shit embedded in our DNA to fucking like uh, get, to, to, to submit, you know, people to our will and our fucking desires. Like that's something that's ingrained, but it's beautiful is that 99% of people in the world wake up every day and choose not to be that fucking asshole. They choose to be kind and compassionate and good to their neighbor and good to their fellow human. Um, but it, it, it's just a sad thing because now people are trying to say um, that it, it nullifies the whole thing. And I think what you're saying is right. It's like, no, if anything, this should strengthen the case that yeah. even, even someone who is considered to be the highest person on the pedestal who is uh, adversely affected by this, they can be held accountable too. And they're not being exonerated because they're also a victim. But that, but we know, and I know this is getting serious, I'm sorry, but like in the wheel of human history, <clears throat> that the oppressors are ultimately victims too, right? The oppressors and the oppressees are always victims in the mm-hmm. long run. It doesn't, it doesn't lead to anything. It doesn't build to anything. And I think that that's like kind of the sad fucking truth of it is uh, now we just got the confirmation that everyone's shitty. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a little depressing, but uh, you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we always knew that you were reading Sapiens, you know, like that, that book doesn't exactly paint humanity in a really nice light. There's an entire part of it where uh, guys talking about how like there's a working theory that maybe we literally cannibalize the Neanderthals, (laughs) but also there's a theory that we just bred them out, you know, like, and it's just like, none of those make us look good. Yeah. Like (laughs) one's not better than the other, except one just means we didn't eat somebody, but right. But if if the reason that I'm here is because my great, 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 great to the power of 50 ancestors ate the guys that kind of looked like us. Uh um, Good on (laughs) you. Oh man. Uh, all right. I feel like we got so heavy. I'm sorry, man. I mean, it was like 25 minutes of just the most fucking heavy shit ever. But you know, I'm we kept, sorry. We kept it moving, bro. Oh, I think it was an informative conversation. I just think that it was like, am I supposed to be laughing? Because they've been talking about rape for like 20 minutes now. And I'm like, <laughs> oh.
My bad. Before that, they were talking about Nazis for a second. It just was very weird. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> Living in dark times. I don't know what to tell you. Um, what else have you been up to? What's been going on with you, man? Anything um, um, not super depressing or serious? Well, yeah, I got, okay, so uh, I got a job. got a new job. I'm going to Pittsburgh which I've never been. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to Pittsburgh to do some training, but Pittsburgh's five hours away. So that sucks. And I have to drive there tomorrow night. So that sucks. Um, but they're putting me up in some swanky hotel and I get like a per diem. And this is weird because I know people have done this forever, like since jobs yeah. were created, but the idea of like, uh, I got to go out of town for work. I've never had to do that. So it's really cool to me. It's like, I'm going on a business conference or something. You know what I mean? But are they going to like fly you out there from Philly to, to Pittsburgh? No, no, I have to drive, but I'm getting like mileage and they're putting me up in a hotel and they're giving me a per diem See, and all that. Yeah. Sh- like I've never had that either. I feel like that'd be like awesome. Like, and I feel like a lot of people act like it's a big inconvenience. Like, Oh, I got to go out of town. On right. It's like, I feel like that would make me feel super important. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Like, I wish, like, I was going with, like, one person or something. Because that's the thing. It's like, we're going to a town that I don't know by myself. And part of that's cool. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like, seven minutes away from the Hill District, where, which is where uh, August Wilson's from, the playwright. So, like, the house where Fences was and, you know, the Pittsburgh cycle and shit like that. So, I'm really excited because, like, just as, a, like, a writing hero of mine is there, you know, yeah. and I'm like, this is going to be cool. I'm going to walk around it. But it's still some place that I'm completely unfamiliar with. And it's cool because my office building is literally across the street from the hotel. Like, and I mean, literally across the street. So it's like, I get off of work. I just walk over. I can be done with it. You know what I mean? And just jaunt on over there. Yeah, yeah, man. It's going to be fun. I'm really excited yeah. about it. But, um, you know, that's like a big deal. And the money's pretty good, which means that we can, in earnest, look for some apartments together for when you move up here. And, uh, Life's good, man. Like I said, I mean, but like I said earlier, wait for that other shoe to drop. And I was telling my mom that I think for the first time, um, maybe I'm getting over that. Maybe I'm getting around that bend. Like I do feel like there is an upward momentum of good, positive things happening. And I'm that's, not necessarily, that's where they that's get you. What the, that's what the shoe wants you to think, Christian. <laughs> that shoe that's is just biting exactly its fucking time. Wants you. <laughs> Listen, you got to get into the mind of a shoe, all right? Yeah. And what that shoe's doing is waiting. <laughs> Sitting, sitting in the shadows. Just like, like that, that shoe was like, you know, early in his life, I would drop like fucking rhythmically, like constantly. You could almost predict it. You could set a watch to it. Now I'm going to throw him off. I'm going to wait a little while. I'm yeah. going to bide my goddamn shoe time. This is what I'm talking about. And you know, shoe time, shoe time, way longer, way longer than way human Way different time. than human time. <laughs> you couldn't even perceive shoe time, all right? It's fucking weird. Like... Oh, you know, shoe dropping, if you think about it, that saying doesn't make any sense. It's not that big a deal. Well, I don't even understand where it comes from. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. But what happened to the first shoe? The first shoe dropped already. And you're like, where's the other shoe? I mean, I need two shoes. Like a shoe by itself is a lonely. I know, but, but, but shoes are identical versions of the same thing. So if the first shoe dropped, in theory, the second shoe is not going to be like a clown shoe. Right? Like, it's not, I just so want to think about it. I feel like if you have the one shoe, that's a shoe you can wear. And you're waiting for the other shoe. So if the shoe drops, that's a good thing because now you have a pair now of shoes. Now you got a pair of shoes. You're not hobbling around. Maybe that. So well, have we been getting this wrong the whole time? Is this well, like a positive thing? No, maybe the anxiety is you're waiting for the shoe to drop. The shoe never drops. This is, that's my beautiful, like, mic drop. That's the end of my TED Talk. The fucking shoe never drops, and it just fades to black, and fucking, like, audience people stand up, give me a standing O and shit. You, like, you drop the microphone. Yeah, I literally dropped the mic, uh, as, as you may know. 
I don't know, man. It's weird. I mean, I, I get obsessed with the English language sometimes because it's a mess. It's just a mess of a language and it does not yeah. make sense. It doesn't follow I mean, the it rules. Was, it was created by humans. And I think that we've already established that that's a fucking yeah, mess. Yeah, but there are other, all right. So here's an example. I'm going to tell you. So I just started watching the show Narcos because I'm, I do a TV review show and I have to watch shit and I want to hate on the show a lot, but it, it has some charms that it's far from perfect. Right. I told you I watched Ozark and I'm watching Narcos. I like it way more, way more than Ozark. Ozark is like just an unnecessary show. And I know everything's unnecessary, but really unnecessary. Like I, it's just very sad. But anyway, I'm telling you all this because Narcos starts and it starts off with a tight attack about magical realism. I'm like, Ooh, 20 seconds in magical realism. You got me. Like, where are you going with this? And they, I feel like I could shove like the definition of magical realism in a title card in front of anything and you would be instantly interested. It buys you 20 minutes for sure. It's <laughs> like, where's this going? Because the way I look at it, like my, so the father of all magical realism to me, I don't know if this is the truth or not, but it's uh, Gabriel Marquez. Garcia Marquez. Yeah. So 100 Years of Solitude. And it's like that first chapter, right? Which I like, I remember uh, on the day that he faced the firing squad, Colonel Aurelio Buendia thought of the time his father took him to discover ice. Like that is the first line I have forever. It's in my fucking brain. And it's because you spend this whole chapter and you're like, this is weird. Like in a lot of ways, it, it like in my mind, it's the way time passes in like sharp objects, right? Where these yeah. ghosts are always present, you know? Yeah. And it's just really weird. And I remember being like, okay, well that's 40 pages long. And I get it. Like you, like that's 20 minutes. Like you got to give everything that has magical realism in the title, 20 minutes. That's my goal, you know? Um, so yeah, you could, you should try. You should just start stuffing it in front of things that have nothing to do with magical realism at all. And I'll right. give you 20 minutes of time, man. I'll do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what, man? It'll be fucking shoe time. All right. So it'll be, I really just had a flash. <laughs> to idiocracy when he goes to see ass the movie and i just imagine putting that title card in magical realism definition whatever and then just an ass farting for 90 minutes you watch 20 minutes of it like, i told him i'd give him 20 minutes of it really hoping that what's what's more magic <laughs> what's more magical than that you know and at the same time real because everyone farts man you know like that's the point that's the goddamn point of it and uh I just think that you, you, it was above all of your head, sadly. You know, the genius <laughs> of magical realism. Christ, oh, dude. Ask the movie. <laughs> One best screenplay. <laughs> it was a hell of a script. It just kept going. It was frenetic. I loved it, man. It's a great yeah. Sor- Sorkin wrote it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad Sorkin's off of cocaine, but I'm also sad that he's off of cocaine. Best work was it. Listen, I said this my whole life, okay? <laughs> I have. It's like, you want to be against drugs. You want to be against Nancy Reagan or you want to be for Nancy Reagan, right? Just yeah. like, oh. But the truth of the matter is that like all the people who made all the great art that you're so highly influenced by, incredibly high on drugs, man. And uh, we got to be okay with that because obviously they do something good. And in that narco show, which is the reason I brought this up was about language and how beautiful the Colombian Spanish is. Like, just so much prettier than Puerto Rican Spanish. Puerto Rican Spanish are like the goddamn Alabamans of Spanish, okay? Like we have fucked the whole language up. It's, really Spanish. it's not good. Like, I didn't know that. It's really bad. And again, it's pretty if you have the right person speaking it. But then you, you go to, like, Colombian Spanish, and you're like, these are it's, it's all prettier than English. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's amazing. Um, but, yeah, they're talking about the effects of cocaine on the brain and shit like that. And, it makes everything uh, awesome. 
Yeah, because they show like mice doing it and they're talking about like a mice will choose cocaine over food, over water, over sex. And he's like, human mind's a little bit more complex than a rat's mind. And then it's like, dot, 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 except for cocaine. And it's like a lot of guys doing a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> Damn, dude, makes it better. Like, I'm sorry to tell you. Like, Does it, does it kind of make you want to do cocaine all the time? I'm good. No, I'm real good. <laughs> I have no desire to do that shit. Yeah. Um, I got but, coffee. Like, what's the fucking point? That, literally. Like, I think about how I feel when I have too much coffee, like, right now. And yeah. uh, I'm just like, yeah, I like, I don't need this. Cocaine's a worse version of that, I assume, right? Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't be getting into the weeds with that shit, so. And it's like, I can make this vanilla flavored or, you know, with a caramel <laughs> twist. I can't do that. with. Listen, coffee. if cocaine was flavored, it would be, like, the shit. I'm sorry, That'd man. That would be next level. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get some tapioca fucking flavored <laughs> cocaine. You're like, all right, I guess I got it. Like, come on, that's where the money is making obscure flavors and shit. And like a cocaine based pudding, you yeah. know, would be like, what are we even doing? I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. I'd be financially destitute. <laughs> if it was as easily consumable as pudding, yeah. to pop the top. No, like, just a little, little bit of cocaine, like tap- tapioca pudding, but it made me like all wired all the time. Oh my god, yeah, dude. I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, again, they put it in Coca-Cola, which is what's fucking crazy to me. Yeah, well, back in the day. And know. it was like a magical elixir. Like, nobody really knew what its properties Well, see, were. that's what I found out when I was watching this narco show. So in Colombia, right, yeah. after a while, they were just importing drugs to Miami like crazy. But after a while, they're just like, let's just start putting cocaine back in Coke. And in Colombia, for like five to ten years, you would be drinking cocaine with like coke with cocaine in it like in the 20th century like like in 91 dude (laughs) like it was so recently like that's incredible to me wait so was coca-cola the ones that were like yeah we'll do that or were they just putting coke okay so in the 1800s coca-cola was putting cocaine in there because we didn't know what was up but in in colombia and like bogota pablo picasso that's his name (laughs) picasso escobar pablo listen pablo picasso was a goddamn thief a goddamn empire okay a king if you will um the painting was all a front no pablo escobar like starts putting cocaine into actual cokes bottle uh, bottles Mm. them up like with the the, you know the carbonated fucking bottling company and shit like that and literally for like a couple years i think it's like from 87 to 92 uh they're 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 drinking cocaine wait wait were, were people like so he was like adding it it was an additive and was he selling this to stores and distributors and stuff? Like, yeah, he was just getting it like, all in. Yeah. Like, like five-year-olds were drinking cocaine and stuff? Yeah. God damn right they were. Was, was this, <laughs> this is the this best is fucking... Yeah, and you know, five-year-olds it's have fucking Columbia. rights here. <laughs> A five-year-old wants to do cocaine. They, they God damn really it. They strongly about their cocaine as we do about our guns. Oh, man. It, it, if anything, Wait, was that like a long-term ploy of his to just get people hooked on cocaine unwittingly? I mean, here's the thing. I'm only three episodes in, so I think it's going to come back. I think so, man. Like, and what you realize is like the amount of American dollars. And it's really interesting because, again, it shows you like, why the fuck do we ever do anything? <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying it's not for America. Like, why do we ever do anything? It's not for altruism. We may tell you that party line down the line, but the truth is we do it because of money. And the yeah. amount of money that was going back to Colombia without the Americans getting anything legal, like fucked with people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're like, no, we gotta we gotta go do something about this. And then when you right. start thinking about like drug money, so Escobar was a kingpin for only let's call it ten years, okay? 
Um, so let's say he's, he's, he's the boss for 10 years. He ends up making $60 billion. Like that's his worth by the time he dies. 60 billion, dude. Like the GDP of a couple fucking countries in Europe, man. Like it's, that's, that's astounding to me. And then I read this thing that I was talking about when the, the financial collapse happened in 2008. The only thing that propped up the world economy was drug money because it's a cash business thing, right? Like that, those yeah. reserves kept banks alive. And no one wants to admit that shit, but it's the truth. And it's like that evil fucking truth that we like all need to kind of come to terms with, you know? Do you, um, do you think that all drugs should be legal? Do I think all drugs should be legal? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I, be, I just, look, I look at it the same way that it's like, look, anyone who wants drugs can get drugs now, right? Yeah. So what's the difference? And Wait, let's stop a routing our prisons and stuff well like that and beyond it it's just like listen 90 percent of people who drink alcohol i think can drink alcohol and and be done with it like everything can be done in moderation you know but there's the 10 percent of the populace who have addictive traits or dnas or predispositions or anything and they get addicted to that shit i think drugs are the same i i know like a bunch of people who smoke weed and they're fine like there's there's no urge to go any further and then the people i know who do cocaine i think they're all fucking stupid but they always go to work the next day so what am I bitching about? You know what I mean? So it's, for, for me, it's like legalize everything and treat it like a health problem. Like just help people. It's not that fucking hard. Other countries have done it and proved that it could work. Granted, those countries are a fraction like, of our size. Uh, but Hamsterdam. Hamsterdam, yes. And what the Western Baltimore neighborhood of Hamsterdam. Yeah. I don't know, man. It didn't work in Hamsterdam. That's the problem. Like, I mean, was, it did, but well, it did uh, though. Well, it, it, the stats yeah, went it, down, but then there was like this nightmarish, hellish world, like for three blocks in Amsterdam. But they were starting to do the good work, right? Well, like, uh, <laughs> well, they were doing like needle exchanges and shit like that. Yeah, like I'm, I'm actually being serious. Like, like, and if that had gotten proper funding, and like if they hadn't been shut down prematurely, like I feel like the the show was saying, Amsterdam would have been successful. It would have been hellish, but successful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I guess so, but maybe. At what cost, you know? Um, really, we should just tell them, like, kids should be doing drugs early because the kids in Colombia are doing it and they fucking love it and they're all still coming out <laughs> on top. You know what I mean? So what are we, what are we worried about? <laughs> We're not going to be beat out by the fucking Colombians. I'm just picturing, like, a bunch of five-year-old Colombians in business suits with, like, a little bit of cocaine on the, on the lapel or whatever, just, like, yeah. <laughs> trading stocks and shit. <laughs> Sell it! Sell it! What's the price of gold? Sell it! Buy it! Buy it! Buy it! I now I, I think I need to go get me a fucking five-year-old Colombian stockbroker to manage my money, dude. Like, listen, no one's gonna fuck with this little kid. No one's gonna pull anything except, over on this kid. Except no substitutes. Those kids go in hard and fast, and they earn. And they have no moral scruples because that part of their brain has not developed, and it never will because they never will the all the time. <laughs> Oh man, what an infomercial for cocaine. <laughs> cocaine cast. Oh man. Uh, I think we hit an hour, man. How you feeling? You feeling good? I feel like the other shoe has dropped and I feel like that shoe was filled with delicious, delicious cocaine. <laughs>